0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Oh, hey, welcome to the Chronic Podcast. We took last week off because we're waiting for uh, Nambi awesome water to make up his goddamn mind. I'm your host, Ralph Marlborough. I'm joined always by Dave Carriello, our fearless leader, Kevin Held from Hakeem Drops the Ball, Andrew Juge from the Saints Nation. Um, The Saints have done some stuff since we last chatted. Uh, They signed Keenan Lewis. They signed Ben Watson. Um, But Kevin, I'm going to start with you because you nicknamed Tracy Porter the legend, which he is. So my question to you is we all wait breathlessly for Namdi Asama to make up his mind. Tracy Porter visited the facility. I saw it on Canal Street Chronicles. It was like a super secret visit, but, uh, you know, Junior Gillette tweeted it, and then Dave was all over it. So if you had to choose, would you take Namdi Asamoah, who's 32, or do you re-sign the legend Tracy Porter? Uh,
0: well, well, I called him the legend killer uh, <laughs> based on his performance, and, 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 yeah. I, and that's it. I still stand by that. Um, yeah. But but I think you got to go with uh, with Namdi Asomugha. I mean, I'm I'm always going to have a uh, a soft spot in my heart for uh, for Tracy Porter. But just I, I mean, like I, I mean, look, unless Tracy Porter is coming in on the cheap, like cheaper than you would have had to pay him, uh, and I I don't think it's worth it. Um, I think I I, I don't know. I just feel Namdi Asomugha is a is a better overall player. I'm sure Jude will immediately back me up on that, and uh, the risks involved are fewer. So, well, that's my reasoning.
1: Well, Andrew, what's what do you do? If, if I said to you, you can get Namdi Asama and you're going to have to pay him four to five million, or you can get Tracy Porter at the veteran minimum, whatever the hell that is, for a five-year player. Does that change your thinking in any way?
2: Uh, I think so. I mean, there's definitely a point where, and especially where the Saints are cat right now, where you, you decide, okay, we want Asamoah, and I agree with everything Kevin just said. that That's the preference. That's the better player. No question about it. I mean, if you compare the two, um, mm-hmm. even at 32 years old, uh, Asamoah is just, he's a, he's a cover corner. He's, I mean, he's, he's the real deal. So, yeah. Um, but there is there is a threshold there. There is a point that you reach, and I don't know what that number is. I mean, Mickey Loomis can answer that for you, but um, there reaches a point where um, you, you're at the point of no return. In other words, you add SML for such a high price that you can't do anything else with your roster, and that's not going to help the team. So um, there, there, there reaches a point somewhere in there financially where I'd rather have Porter at a minimum and have the ability to sign some other players as well because This defense is not one player, not even one elite player, which I don't think Asamoah is anymore. I think he's a good player, a very good player, but he's not elite anymore. Um, But I don't think this team is a very good player away from having a good defense. So um, they need more pieces than just one guy. So, um, you know, that's a tough question. But I I think if you're asking me straight up who I prefer, I prefer Asamoah. I prefer Asamoah at a higher price. Um, But there's definitely a point you would hit financially where Porter at a minimum makes more sense.
1: Well, Dave, here's my question for you. Let's say uh, the Saints say to Tracy Porter, look, we'll pay you a million and a half. Do you sign Tracy Porter or do you wait on Namdi Asim to to make a decision? So what I'm basically saying is if you could have – if you could definitely have Tracy Porter, or you could roll the dice, and it's 50-50, either Asamoah signs with the Saints or signs with San Francisco, what do you do then?
3: Well, see, here's, here's my thing. What, what's taken Asamoah so long? <laughs> you know, I, I, I mean, my gripe is, is the way I feel about it is, do we really want Asamoah? If he's, you know, everything I read says he's, he's sort of waffling. He doesn't know whether he wants to go to San Francisco or whether he wants to go to New Orleans. I mean, call me crazy. Um, but I, I want a guy who wants to be here. I want a guy who's excited to be here. And right now, that's just not the impression I'm getting from Asama. You know, it, it seems like it's this is like all about the money. Uh, well, I don't know. What, I don't know what it is. But I mean, it's I, I, under, I understand. You know, the difference. Obviously, he could come to he could come to New Orleans and get a lot of playing time, uh, or he could go to San Francisco and be in a good defense. You know, um, I get all that just feel like he's got to make a decision, and if it's not going to be the Saints, so that's fine. But just make a decision. I, mean, I don't, I don't want some guy who doesn't know whether he really wants to be here or not. And I mean, the other thing, is, as far as the money is concerned with Ahmad, he's getting four million dollars regardless from from his Eagles contract. Yeah. So like, how, how greedy is he going to be? Let's say the Saints are offering slightly less than 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 the Niners. Who gives a shit? You, you're making that on top of the four million dollars that you're already getting paid. So if, if, if it was me, if I was Asma, I know I'm already getting four million dollars regardless of which my play for plus the contract that they're going to give me. I, I, I would, I would, I, I would just forget about the money and I would say, okay, where do I want to play? Where am I going to, in, you know, have more fun? Where am I going to enjoy it the best? Where am I going to sell? And uh, I mean, it just it, it sort of bothers me a little bit that he's not making more of a quick decision. You know, it's kind of like in Shark Tank when those investors and you know and, and the And the people come up with their ideas, and the investors make a, you know, make an offer, and they they waffle and weasel for a little while, and then you know what? The investor just pulls their offer, and I feel like the Saints should should should, might want to think about pulling something like that. Say, you know what, Nandi, you're taking forever. We're pulling our offer, you know, and and if he really does want to be with the Saints, then then he might say, whoa, 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 okay, 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 Uh, you know, I'll um, you know, I'll come to you guys. You know, and of course, well, I agree, Dave, I agree of but
2: I think the Saints have actually already done that a little bit simply by bringing Tracy Porter
3: in. Right, yeah. and they should continue uh, yeah, and, and I think that's a smart thing to do. Right. And I agree with yeah. you, I think that's a smart thing to do and I think they need to continue doing that. I think they need to bring another guy uh, because, you know, I mean h- how long should the Saints be expected to sit here and wait for a decision? And you know what? The San Francisco 49ers are on the same boat I would say. that Both teams should feel this way. Um, so I don't know, but Tracy Porter, yeah, at, you know, if, if it was for the right price, sure. I, I would say, yeah, bring him in. And then if you get off the block, let's see if we can get them too. You know, we don't know what the numbers are, uh, but, you know, they always seem to sign whoever they want. It's never really seemed to hinder them. They always seem to come up with money whenever they need it. So yeah. uh, I wouldn't, I, the, 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 you know, talking about the money side of it, that I, I, that's, to me is, you know, whatever. Obviously, they're not going to go after, you know, they, they made an offer to Paul Kruger. What they were going to pay him more than what he wound up taking. Uh, I, I mean, I just I feel like the money's there. I wouldn't worry about the money. Uh, and uh, I would not be opposed to Tracy Porter coming back. But, uh, you know,
1: yeah, he, it, he, he's not going to be too expensive. It does seem a bit, Kevin, like, you know, usually when the, if the Saints bring a guy in, and they want him it gets done. It got done with Keenan Lewis, granted they say he took less or whatever. But it seems like the Saints are in the mode now of they're kicking a lot of tires, but they're not getting anything done. Namdi, it didn't get done. Victor Butler, he's been on he's been to every team, I think east of the Mississippi and not gotten a contract done. Um they they're supposedly in on Dwight Freeney, maybe John you know. Um what do you think are the Saints
3: mm-hmm.
1: What's the, what are they doing now that free agency sort of settled in? I'm a little bit confused in that they haven't made at least one more aggressive move, Kevin.
0: Uh, uh, I just think, I, I think some of that to sort of go to, what, to maybe a little bit jump, jumping back off Juge's point. I think some of that has to do with maybe the players themselves. It's like, yeah, they're kicking tires, but it's like they're making offers. And maybe the players are looking at the team and just saying, Jesus Christ, this was the worst defense in the history of the NFL, in like the history of ever, uh, last, last year. And they got a whole new coach, a whole new system, but a bunch of the same fucking players. Who knows who's going to be back or not? And if some of the guys that are back, were they the ones that were sucking ass or, or were they yeah. causing problems and, and selling discord behind the scenes? Who the fuck knows? Do I really, like, who cares about the money? It's like, do I want to walk into a defense, to a defensive situation that is going to be a complete, that could be a complete clusterfuck, never mind how well, great what, the offense is. What kind of, I mean, you
3: know, what kind of, I mean, maybe I'm a minority here, but I mean, what kind of attitude is that? I mean, these football players, these guys are all supposed to be competitive guys. So if it was me, I would relish coming into a situation like this. Oh, these guys are the worst defense. I'm going to help them. I'm going to make these guys better. Oh, these guys are the worst defense. Oh, I'm definitely going to be getting playing time. Uh, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I don't get that. I, 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 that should be, you know, who, who wants to join? Who wants to join a, a, a team that's already just doing awesome? I mean, there's no. Yeah, maybe you get a chance to win a championship, but I, I mean, there's just no. There doesn't seem to be any fun in it. I I, I, I don't know. I just I, to me personally that would be just as much of a motivator or an enticement to me personally. And again, maybe I'm well, in the minority Dave, here. Dave, I mean
2: I I think you know, if you look at a team like Jacksonville, that's widely known in the in the NFL as the black hole team. Um, which well, no and that's, diff- and that, and that's, that's why you never I mean, see free agent sign there. So I,
3: I, I know, and I, I know and, that, and I and, and, that, I and I I get that. I would that yeah, but I think there's a difference between Jacksonville and, like, Oakland and those kind of teams, and New Orleans. I think that everybody can okay. see, and I'm, I'm really trying to not be a homer here, but I, I hear this from the mainstream media guys. I think that everybody can see that New Orleans is a team that can be on the precipice. They're just a few key things, you know, pieces away from being a championship-caliber team. So why wouldn't you want to come to that team and hope to be one of those key pieces?
0: Well, I'm merely saying that players could be viewing at it like that, but they're not making the whole – they're not making a connection like, oh, maybe I'm the one guy that's going to put something over the top. I don't know. Well, and it, and it I, could and, – and, it, and it's like I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. It would be awesome – it's awesome to have a guy to for any number of players to have the level of confidence like, oh, I'm going to show up and I'm going to turn the whole motherfucker around. or Or, you know what? This is the the worst defense in forever. There's, no, there's nowhere to go but up, uh, you know. And I'm in a better situation. And you know, who knows?
1: And it and it could be. Look, the the guys that they're the guys that we're talking about, you know. These aren't household names. These aren't guys with a, teams beating down their door. Andrew, I mean Benjamin Watson. You will get into him in a second. He's a really nice player, but I can almost guarantee you he visited the Saints, and the Saints said, hey, this is what we're going to pay you, and if you want something more, go visit somewhere else. And I think it may be the same with Osamon. It may be the same with Victor Butler. I mean, what's the difference between Victor Butler and Martez Wilson besides the fact that Victor Butler played for the Cowboys? I don't know. He's been a backup for like four years, you know? So... How much of it is these, these players, Andrew, the Saints just, it's not so much a negotiation, it's a take it or leave it and then get into Ben Watson.
2: Well, there's, I mean, that, that's a huge part of it, Ralph. And I, I think fans and um, players alike, we, we've reached that point in free agency um, where the market starts to settle. You know, in the first couple of weeks, you see a lot of nice moves, a lot of nice contracts. Um, you see a few surprising moves, you know, player, big name players, change teams. And then it happens every year it happened last year. The market starts to settle and you know, the saints made a big splash last year with Bunkley, with Hawthorne, with, with Lofton, but those guys weren't signed in the first two weeks. And if you remember the market mm-hmm. kind of settled a little bit before the saints picked those guys up. Now this year, the saints cap situation is is pretty much the worst it's ever been. And I think we need to realize that. And so It's really important to understand, I think, that the Saints, from a cap position, they can't do what they did last offseason, and they can't do what they've done in years past. And I think what you said, Ralph, hit the nail on the head. I don't think it's a problem of of, of people wanting to join the Saints. That's not an issue at all. I think people still recognize that Breeze is in his prime. They realize that last year was kind of a throwaway. I mean, I think defensive players – that know Rob Ryan, that like Rob Ryan, would still want to come play for him. He's, he's wide known as a well-liked coach, and I think players would want to play for him. But, it, my, look, it's the NFL and money talks and bullshit walks. And it's one of those things where the Saints just don't have that kind of money right now to throw at Anand non And so they have to be diligent and they have to be smart. And so they, that's exactly what they're doing. You know, and they bring in Tracy Porter. Tracy Porter is a plan B. Everything I've read, everything we look at, it should be very clear to us that Asamoah is priority number one for the Saints. And if that doesn't work out, then they'll bring in Porter. And Por- and I-, I think Porter was also brought in to put a little pressure on Asamoah to make a decision. But, he, you know, he's also a plan B if it doesn't work out. So um, th- that's absolutely what the Saints are doing. They're lowballing all these guys. They're lowballing Butler they're lowballing Austin and so what what the players are doing now is Asamoah is waiting around because he's got two lowball offers. I mean look, if he would have gotten a good enough offer by now, he would have taken it. From the 49ers are the same. So both teams are lowballing him and so at this point he's waiting for other teams to get desperate for corners, you know, he's waiting for another cornerback to sign to where his his value goes up because all of a sudden another team is interested in him. And he's He's waiting for the market to um, – th- for the demand to go up, you know, and that affects price to a degree. And so uh, he obviously – and, and uh, so like I said, we've reached that, that point in free agency where re- reality starts to set in with the players well, a little bit. So, and well, Asimov, you don't realize I'm not going to get the money I'm asking for. Yeah,
1: no. the, 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 thing with Na- the thing with Nnamdi Asimov, though, is he may – there's a possibility, guys. I may think because of the cornerbacks, not, Nnamdi Asimov could say, you know what? I'm gonna wait this out. I'm gonna wait till training camp see if a team loses a corner, and then oh, a team will be really desperate, and I'll sign up in August because I only play man to man anyway, so I don't really need to have the whole off season bullshit, and that's when I can get my money. I mean, that's a possibility, and and I just don't think the Saints would would wait um would wait that long. Um, Dave, what the hell? are the Saints going to do at left tackle?
3: Uh, (laughs) They're going to do one of two things, and they're not going to do a third thing. And that third thing is draft the left tackle and expect him to start immediately, okay? There are a lot of people, are Saints fans out there, who think that the answer to Jermon Bushrod leaving is, oh, let's draft the left tackle in the first round. That'll be it. I don't think it works like that. I think there's a little bit of a learning curve. I don't think that's the best idea. I think the Saints are either expecting to fill the spot in house and they're expecting Charles Brown simply to just step up. Uh or they're going to go ahead and get a, a veteran guy like Brian McKinney or Homer or uh or whoever. They're gonna get somebody who's been in the league and uh is a little bit more knowledgeable, um and do it that way. But um but, you know, they're they're not gonna they're not going to uh they're not going to go ahead and draft somebody. and I mean, they may draft a tackle, but I can't imagine that they're going to draft him with the ex- expectation that um, that he's going to be their instant starter. Um, so, you know, and, and they, they may not do it immediately. You know, it might be a while. They, they brought in McKinney for the look I, I saw. And, um, you know, like, like Andrew said, the market has settled down, so I don't think there's a huge, huge rush. Um, but, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they went ahead and signed the veteran guy uh, at some point in the next month or two.
1: Well, Dave, another question I want to ask you because you had a I saw it on Canal Street Chronicles today. It was a really good post about the Saints, Sean <laughs> Payton, and Mickey Loomis. As great as they've been, and look, they won a Super Bowl. The whole, everybody knows that. They kind of suck at first-round drafting, and the thing that brought it really to a that that the the stat that you had that made it really glaring was when you compared them to when Hazlitt was the coach, and we all knew Haslett was making the picks, and you're like, he had three Pro, Pro Bowl players, and Sean Payton and Mickey Williams have not. So how worried should we be that the Saints are just going to fuck this up and they're not going to get anything in the first
3: round? I don't think you should be worried. I think now, now you've been educated. Now you know what to expect. Uh, and so you should just expect it. I, you know, I, I mean – uh, you know, the only hope you have, like I said, is, is, you know, maybe Rob Ryan, maybe he's interjected himself and, uh, and maybe he'll, uh, be able to help them make a, a more informed decision. Uh, he seems to be pretty hands-on at pro days and stuff like that. Again, I, I don't know whether Spagnolo or any other guys did that, but, uh, I don't remember ever seeing that from any of the other recent Saints defensive coordinators. So, uh, you know, I think you've got to, uh, I think you just gotta realize and, and and just expect that the guy that they take, he may be good, he may be mediocre, but I I I just I've gotten to the point where I'm not gonna expect the guy that they draft uh, in the first round is going to be some amazing player, some Rookie of the Year or anything like that. They just they just don't ever seem to,
4: you know. And and
3: and obviously, you know, I would say odds are against them. I mean, you know, I would say if you took all of the first round draft picks and put them together and, and 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 separated out those that are really good and worth a first-round pick and those that aren't and those that were so-so. Uh, I'm sure that the players that are totally worth, like, you know, getting picked in the first round are probably fewer and far between. Um, so, but like I said, no, you shouldn't be worried because you should be expecting it. You should understand it. Um, and like I said, you can hope that maybe in the later rounds they wind up finding a gem like a Marcus Colton or a Jari Evans or whatever, or that they do, um, you know, or, or, or at the free agency, they picked up somebody like Orion Ryan Griffin, who's going to be an awesome quarterback for, for, for the Saints <laughs> in the future. Um, I'm, not, I'm just kidding. I'm not even that, I'm not that much of a two lane homer. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, just, just, just accept it. Just, you know, watch the first round, enjoy the first round. Um, get it, you know, you can be excited, but, uh, you <laughs> don't go crazy when they select Jonathan Hankins and Jarvis Jones and mm-hmm. Kenny Vaccaro and, uh, <laughs> you know, Jordan Warner are also on the board.
1: All right, now we have to get to the serious topic. Atlanta has signed uh Osimeniora. Kevin, your thoughts on uh obviously Osimeniora is going to replace John Abraham for Atlanta. Your thoughts on that move and how concerned are you with it? And your your overall thoughts on Mr. uh Osama. And please get into any internet rumors that you've heard about him.
4: Oh uh, well,
0: well. Really, the only the only thing that that's up for debate with me is whether or not uh, I should refer to the team from now on as Scatlanta or Shatlanta. Um,
1: I vote for Scatlanta.
0: It's it, 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 it's a gift I have, really, is is what it is. Um, I mean, I suppose it's an upgrade from Abraham, but. You know, I'm not the tape guy Juge is. I can only talk about what, what, you know, just whatever sort of asinine thoughts or feelings run through my mind. And basically it's, you know, the same thoughts I had when I found out Stephen Jackson signed with Atlanta. Okay, great. Uh, I'm glad you got some money, but you ain't winning a fucking ring, Chief. End of story. You want to go to Atlanta and... and watch your career uh, go down the shitter, uh, you know, <laughs> it just just it actually seeing the ring, like, it, is that what it is? Like, I know the quest is for the ring, and with, you know, when Jackson was with the Rams, he wasn't even in, uh, allowed in the fucking building where the rings were being housed, so at least with the Falcons, he'll be standing in the hallway while the door is open in the room that houses them, and he'll be able to at least look at the rings that are hidden in, that are in the glass case. And that's about as far as he's going to fucking get. I mean, you and your, it's like, it's like you and your, is, you and your is a super bowl champion.
1: Well, why,
0: yeah. why, go to Atla- why go to Atlanta? Why go to Atlanta? Why go to Atlanta? I mean, look, I, I mean, obviously there's some kind of a need or they're, they're paying him enough, but Hey, you, you want to go, you know, shit in lockers or shit on towels or whatever it is. You want to do it in Atlanta? fine by me.
1: Well, I mean, and anyway. Andrew, it's always a concern to me when a, when a team has a player and they're like, ah, yeah, it's fine, just just go, you know, like when when New England traded to Bucky Jones to the Saints a long time ago. I was like, if Bill Belichick doesn't want him, I don't want him. Um, I think Yumanura is a downgrade from Abraham. I know Abraham's older, but to me, the Giants, their strengths. That they won two Super Bowls on was their pass rush, and for them to just let Yumanura lead and, and don't even seem interested in it, that'd be a red flag for me. Isn't I don't think it's an upgrade. I think it's a downgrade. But do you agree with that?
2: I totally agree. I mean, Abraham was a double-digit sack guy last year, and uh, Yumanura I think he had like six sacks maybe last year, but he. He's definitely on the downswing. I mean, both players are old, but I think Abraham has been able to maintain his body better. And and you know, look, Abraham's consistently been a pass rushing threat every single season he's in the league. I mean, he he's just one of those explosive guys off the edge that's just almost impossible to block. And you, you he, Abraham hurts you in a number of ways. You know, he's got technique, he's got different moves. You know, so it's not just speed and quickness, but it's power, leverage. He gets to the quarterback a lot of different ways. Yumanura is a little bit more of a one-trick pony, and he's gotten older, and so I I just think he's not as dangerous as a pass rusher. So uh, I I think it's a downgrade. It doesn't worry me that much. But um, look, for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, uh, Yumanura has a fetish, um, and you should Google it. I'm not. I'm not going to you know describe it in too much detail because. You know, I, I there, there might be kids listening, you know, but uh, there might I, be. Go ahead and just Google "OCU manure fetish" or "OCU manure uh, rumor," and you'll find you'll find what we're talking about. It's pretty entertaining, and suffice to say, it's um, it you know, it's it's along the same lines of a two girls one cup type of theme, and um, you know, I'm really excited because my my son, my my soon-to-be three-year-old son, has recently. Uh, with no prompting on my part, other than just, you know, the, the brainwashing that the Falcons are the worst, that I hate him, that he should hate them too, um, he completely out of the blue referred to one of his poops as a Falcon.
3: Um,
2: and so I'm, I'm really excited personally about O.C.U. and are going to Atlanta because of the, the play that I can make off of that now. You know, the Falcons are shit, O.C.U. and your love shit, and so... Uh, there's a joke in there somewhere, and I'm really just really looking forward to exploring that further as the season progresses.
1: Yeah, I think that I think that'll be fun. We might even have to have your son on to do that as a drop that I can play, um, <laughs> which will be good times. All right, um, Kevin, I'm going to start with you because I think this is I think it's a it's a really interesting topic that. Was kind of brought along with uh, Scott Fujita, former Saint player, writing in the New York Times about his support for gay marriage. They had that in front of the Supreme Court. But then, they had another story. Mike Freeman, I think it was from uh, CBS Sports Line, said, "Hey, you know, there's an NFL player. He's thinking about coming out and announcing he's gay. And look, we're not going to play name the player, name the team. We're not going to do that because, you know, that's just." No point to it. Just, we're just guessing and, and having fun, making fun of players. We won't do that. But what I want to ask you, and I'll ask all three of you, Kevin, what city do you think a player would have the worst time? Let's start with that. What what city would be like? Gay player, we're turning against them, and it would be really difficult for the player. Of all the thirty-two um, I, NFL towns.
0: Yeah, I was tweeting on this, and I and you know that that came up. Uh, and uh, honestly, you could, you could guess, you could probably make a nice guess of about half the lead. I mean, it, you know, I, I started going division by division, and I, I, I could see, I mean, let's, let's start with the South. Uh, I could see, uh, Carolina, because it's in South Carolina. I could see potentially Atlanta, uh, th- doing that. Um, you know, you go, you go to the NFC East, I could just certainly see Philly, Philadelphia fans doing it.
1: Ooh, that'd be uh, bad. I think, Philly, I think Philly has the potential to be pretty bad.
0: Yeah, uh, and here's, here's the funny thing. I thought about it might be bad on Dallas, but part of me thinks Jerry Jones would enjoy the hell out of, oh, out of, out of shooting his pistols in the air and saying, "Woohoo! I got the fucking gay guy on my team. We're going to put this guy on the program. I'm going to get this guy to make me a ton of fucking money. It's going to be fabulous. I don't care if he wants to, if he wants to fuck on the star. <laughs> that's fine by me. I'll put it on pay-per-view, and I will make money and, and sell concessions out the ass for that. I think it would work there. With the Redskin and I think it would work in Washington, too, not because Dan Snyder would at all be supportive, or Mike Shanahan would actually know how to coach the person or protect him in any way, shape, or form. But I just think the way that the city is, they'd be fine with it. I think Pittsburgh would be a problem. I think Cleveland would be a problem. Cincinnati would be a problem. I think Baltimore would be a problem. I think the entire AFC North would be an issue. Uh, AFC South, I think Indy would be a problem. Tennessee would be a problem. Uh, Jacksonville, well, you know, I, I, I think that it'd probably be divided. So three fans would like it, two wouldn't. So we'd get a <laughs> Jacksonville loss.
1: Houston,
0: I think would be Houston. I think would be okay. Uh You'd have to. You probably have a better chance of speaking on that. Well, than I, I think
1: do. I think you. I think Houston would be okay. But um as you're talking, I'm gonna let. I I have my scenario where it would be the worst, and once I explain it, I think you'll all agree. But I mean, if if, if I if 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 I put a gun to your head, Kevin, I just said pick pick a city that's. It, it would be really really bad, where do you think it would be? Uh, I'm
0: going to say Philly, Arizona, and uh, the
3: Jets. Dave?
1: Uh, Did Dave bail on us? I think he might have. No, Dave Dave had to eject. Andrew, the worst city for an NFL player if he came out as gay?
2: Well, I'm going to give you two. Number one, the worst for me would be, for me personally, would be the Falcons, and it'd be someone like Matt Ryan, because oh my then the, the, the media sympathy and, and just the amount of press that the Falcons would get. Um, now, you know, downtown Atlanta might be set on fire, which, which would be a good thing. But, um, <laughs> but just, just the... Uh, just the um, reaction of the press and the media and, and just the glorification of Matt Ryan is just something on a personal level that I, I, I couldn't stomach. So that would be my worst nightmare. But I think for the
1: for the, terms player. Of the player,
2: yeah, in terms of the player, I, I think Pittsburgh, man, yeah. Pittsburgh Steelers. I just think that's like, you know, blue collar, you know, steel, just, you know, just uh, industry, industrial. And, and I, I just think guy, fans like that, I mean, I think of any stadium that you would go to on the road wearing your, the opposing team's jersey, I would be most scared shitless of going to Pittsburgh to a well, Steelers stadium.
1: Those,
2: well, fans, I, those fans will kill you.
1: Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to nominate um, New England because if the player is black, yes. gay, in Boston, that, <laughs> that could be bad because Boston is one of those cities where if you're from the south you don't necessarily realize it but Boston has a lot of racial issues in the 70s with bussing if you know history and such but if they had a black player and he came out as gay and he struggled even a little ho, 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 it would be it would not be pretty plus you'd have to deal with Bill Simmons' 8,000 word column which is punishment enough for all of us but Kevin what do you think would be a city that would be the best or just really not give a shit and almost embrace the player? I like your choice oh, of that, well, but, but what, what well, a city. Oh,
0: yeah. Well, look, I gave you three bad cities. Uh, and and I, honestly, the bad city list, you could, you could have increased that. You could have thrown Oakland in on that too. But I'll say that the good city list, uh, I would say New Orleans. Yeah, Miami. Oh yeah, and and and, well, yeah. I would throw the Forty ers in there because they would be so. I mean, not only because of the city's natural uh, openness and you know hipness with 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 that movement or I don't know whatever word we want to use. This is this is what happens when heterosexual men talk about homosexuality. (laughs) It becomes a lot of trepidation.
1: Trepidation is. Is probably the best. They have a big, um, big, have a big, gay community in San Francisco.
0: Right, but I would also, I would also throw out uh, Seattle. Okay. I think, I think, uh, I think the American Northwest. It's a fairly.
1: Crunchy the, and hippies, it, yeah, makes sense.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's a lot of, it's a lot of blue state stuff, and again, it's a big city, so it's even more, uh, you know, granola. And I, I think they'd be more than happy to, you know, support the, uh, a gay player. But I I, I I, I think i go New Orleans, Miami, uh, Seattle, first go. And it's just – I, I kind of think that if it was a New Orleans player, that the team – that the fan base would sort of just – would embrace the player – but then immediately, immediately turn that into a fuck the NFL. Oh my god! And fuck Adele. It would just, it would be fantastic. It would it be would awesome. Be. We would fans <laughs> would somehow find a way to co-opt the players' gayness into the NFL. Fucked us over, and we're not going to let you get fucked over somehow. It, it would just, it would just, it would be hilarious watching that occur.
1: It would be because you know what it would be? It would be, it would be an hour special of Outside the Lines talking about how offensive the Saints fans are going to the stadium and then the player would be like no no they're showing love you don't understand i think i think new orleans fan it would be it would be fantastic but andrew your choice for the best the best city for if a, if a player came out yeah
2: i don't agree first of all new orleans um, I, and new orleans is tough man because yeah, i feel
1: like what's that No, you're you're right. Go ahead.
2: No, no, New Orleans is tough, and the reason I say that is because you know we all grew up Catholic, and I I mean I I can't I can't speak for your
1: families. I mean
2: I can speak for mine, but I assume it's somewhat similar that the more generations you go back, um, the more closed minded and not hip on the times are my relatives are, and growing up in New Orleans with you know, white Catholic families and and really all Saints fans are the same way. I mean New Orleans and Louisiana in general is predominantly or South Louisiana is, is very Catholic. And um so, you know, I, I think in and as as seriously as we take our Saints, you know, there's a lot of really passionate Saints fans that are passionate about their religion too. And um so I, you know, I, I think you know, New Orleans kinda of suffers not only with homosexuality but but racially, you know, there there's there's definitely, I mean, Aaron, Aaron Brooks, I think, as a quarterback, um, suffered through a lot of that stuff. Now he 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 brought a lot of it on himself and deserves it. But I'm just saying, um, I, I feel like Saints fans in general, um, if if there's some if some of that stuff, just because of our culture in New Orleans, the way it is, and it's in the deep south and it's it's just slow on the, this kind of movement. Um, I do think they they would maybe be more likely to turn on a player pretty quickly. Yeah,
1: and it also... Um, And it also... It would also depend, guys, on the position the player would... You know, if it... If he was any good, good. yeah. Well, if it's it's any good... And and the thing is, too, if it's a guard, most fans are not going to be like, my... After the game, like, my God, that guard was... You know, we... How many many times on a post-game show do you hear, my God, that guard was fucking terrible today? I mean, but if it's a wide receiver... Or a corner or a linebacker, you could you you could it's it's mistakes that a fan sees or thinks they see when they watch the game where certain players just sort of blend in, you know, if it's a defensive tackle or a guard or a punter. You know, it just it it, it, it they don't get as much vitriol as different yeah, positions.
2: Absolutely. Well hopefully it's not a wide receiver for just the pun
3: possibilities.
2: But um <laughs> But look i tight end. Yeah, or tight end. <laughs> tight end could also be a tricky one. Um, but I, I'm kind of with uh, with Ralph. My pick would be Seattle. You know, any any team out west, I mean, the Raiders fans in general are pretty psycho, but <laughs> I think the further out west you get um, in general, I, I just feel like there's more open-mindedness out that way, and, and people just don't really care. And um, I, I really think Seattle is just one of those towns where they, they just want to root for their team and be good fans. And uh, I kind of view Seattle fans. Uh, similar to New Orleans in some ways, you know, and without the intense religious background and the cultural stuff. But um, anyway, so, yeah, I I think my pick would be Seattle. I'm with uh, Kevin on that.
1: Kevin, one last point on this. Do you think it would – a player, if he's going to come out, do you think he's more likely to come out if he is a player that he knows he's got his roster spot locked down? and he's an integral part of the team, does that make him more likely to come out? Or does he say, you know what, I'm really struggling to hang on in the NFL. I've been worried about getting cut the last few years. Maybe if I come out and say that I'm gay, it'll help me solidify a roster spot because Team A will be afraid to cut me, and I can squeeze another year or two out of my career. What scenario is more likely to occur?
0: Actually, part of me, I can't see. I don't know. I think if I, I, I don't know. Part of me thinks that a gay, that, that a gay player wouldn't do that, but at the same time, it's like, look, if a gay player is willing to leak a story, willing to leak the possibility that he could be coming out, I don't know, and, and and maybe sending this up as a as a trial balloon to just get the general reaction, I don't know. Maybe that's a possibility. I tend to look at it like, like it's got to be somebody who's clearly a veteran. I can't see somebody who's been in the league just a hand, for just yeah. a few years, uh, you know, stacking up, so to speak, and 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 making the decision. I, I I see it more as just somebody who's who's been around a while and has probably been on the team that he's on for for a, a number of years as well. That his presence is known in the locker room. Uh, whether, the, whether his teammates know or not, I, I don't know. I would imagine that some of the people on the team would know uh, or have, have an idea. I, I, that, 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 that there is one thing that I really wanted to address regarding th- this whole thing, and that's the whole, how would the team react? And it kind of ties into the, to the question that you asked. I kind of feel like the team would be fine with it once the initial shock of, and I say this assuming that nobody would know, once the initial shock of "Oh my God, uh, this guy's gay," then 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 the thought process becomes, "Well, this guy's been a solid player. He does his work. He's 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 been a professional. Uh, he's been a leader." And then and then the next phase of it is, and you know. Nothing weird happened with him, you know. There was never any like I never felt. How long does
1: Kevin? How long do you think the circus lasts? If, if oh, a, the, me, oh
0: the media, oh fuck the media circus would be all goddamn year. The media circus would be all year. I think the team circus. I think the team circus it would probably be a week. I think the player will come out to the team. They'll get over that shit. The coaches will get over that shit. They'll rally around the guy. And plus, I fucking believe that the league wouldn't surprise me if the league is fucking sitting waiting to deploy security forces, their HR people. wouldn't surprise me if Goodell will fucking be down at the Team HQ ready to shake the guy's hand publicly so his photograph gets gets plastered all, all over some LGBT newsletters and shit, so that way he gets to look, you know, like he's friendly with the gay community and that he's, you know, totally supportive and down with it, just, you know... If the guy gets concussed 27 times, don't come asking for help later. But you know, right now, hey, we got your back. Um, right. I can definitely see that. Look, the, the league will provide security for this guy when he's when he's not in the stadium and all that. Uh, I I I just think that I think the the, the the league will react fine. I think the team will react fine. And I think if there are any people on the team or in the staff that are sort of not down with it and that are the kind of people that would normally speak up over some shit, I think they'll just shut up and sort of just ride with it, so to speak, and, and not say anything until until either they go to another team or until they retire and then speak out. Uh, I, think, you know, I think the biggest issue would just be the fans.
1: Well, here's I a thing. Yeah, no, I, it'd be interesting, but I, I know we said we wouldn't speculate on what player it was, but Andrew, I'm going to throw out a scenario to you. If, oh, God. <laughs> If it happened to be Tim Tebow would come out as gay, would ESPN start another channel, ESPN G, and just cover it 24 7 through the football season?
2: What would the G stand for?
1: ESPN Gay. And it would just be <laughs> Tim Tebow 24 7. Uh, through the whole football season.
2: Well, we, we've given some examples of, of what would make Twitter, Twitter explode over the last year, but, um, I mean, th- this would be the nuke on, on Twitter. <laughs> this, 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 would be, um, the, this might be the, the nuclear bomb that evaporates all social media, media as we know it. Um, you know, the, a new platform would have to be launched because Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, they would all die you know, immediately in unison. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Tebow, uh, Tibo would be a weird thing because then it kind of gets into this gray area of all these people worship him for being uh, <laughs> a Christian a devout Christian and, and you know, kind of old school throwback religious guy. And, and so I, I feel like he would actually lose a lot of fans. I mean, he would obviously gain some, but he would also lose some. And so I think it would be less of a feel-good story, honestly, if it was Tebow because then there would be this like this guy was living a lie this whole time, and you know, I and not not that you, you can't be gay and extremely religious. I'm not suggesting that at all, but I just think a lot of Tebow's diehard supporters are very religious people too. Some of them, and uh, they may not be as open-minded. That's my only what, point. But Kevin, uh, that, that's not to say that's not to say all religious people are not no. open-minded about that stuff. Well, but, Kevin. Anyway,
1: would espn become unwatchable
0: yes uh, i yes. would say espn's yes. already unwatchable
4: <laughs>
0: and i mean i mean let's i mean shit let's, let's 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 call let's call this shit what it is man i mean espn espn has been a clusterfuck for years now and they just, and so i mean we're we're ignoring the, the fig jam that, that was ESPN.
1: I like their soccer uh, coverage though. It's very good. I liked it last oh,
0: night. Oh, well, well, uh, well, basically the moral of that story is you put Bob Lee on fucking everything and, and <laughs> you let fucking Ian, you let Ian Dark cover every fucking sport and he classes up to join immediately. So that's fine. But like I don't care if Ian Dark knows, knows, uh, knows a fucking holding penalty from a hole in the ground. Fuck, let him, let, him cover, let him cover American football. I'm fine with that. <laughs> Fuck, why not? It can't be any worse than, than the other uh, 14 uh, booth setups that we got. So, sure. And then Bob Lee, put Bob Lee in a nice sport coat, have him anchor in the studio coverage, maybe knock out a couple of guys on that NFL uh, Sunday countdown show, and just have Bob Lee anchor the whole thing, put Berman out to pasture. Maybe keep Tom Jackson for for a couple of years, and and see if he doesn't liven up now that Burman's gone. Maybe dump Keyshawn Johnson. Uh, maybe let Ditka uh, run loose in the woods and, and drive off. Uh, I mean, yeah, I've basically just saved saved one of the great programs. And you know, maybe put Skip Bayless adrift on a raft out in the middle of the Atlantic. I, I mean, I'm I'm. I'm coming up with gems here,
1: folks. You are, you are.
0: So basically, the moral of the story is: Bob Lee, he and Garth do whatever. Those two can do no fucking wrong at this point. And and ESPN is, is, is for the most part a complete shit show. <laughs> and having a gay football player, I mean, they're going to put Ed Warder on this guy. Round the Clock or, or Sal Palantonio. I mean, they're going oh, to cool. find the reporter. They're going to put at least one reporter on this guy full-time, and, and oh, it's I'm just going to be a never-ending cycle. Too. It's going to be a never-ending cycle. Around the Horn. Around the Horn is going to – I mean, look, I stopped watching Around the Horn years ago, but Around the Horn I'm sure will be insufferable. Uh, I'm sure Grant Lindell will fill up with, you know – 5,000, 10,000 word essays. It'll be a contest. It'll be like a whose dick is bigger contest but with words. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure Jameel Hill will have a ton of interesting things to say. I'm sure uh, Scoop Jackson will also have interesting things to say and Stephen A. Smith and uh, Skip will have interesting things to shout at one another uh, while while the MFs nice yes she... try to get a word in edgewise. I mean, I would... it, it, it'll, it'll be a shit show <laughs> For months on end, and there will be no corralling it. I mean, literally, America, you will hear a loud crash across America because everybody is going to be tossing their fucking television sets out the goddamn window. That's what's going to happen. You're scared. Everybody, you're going to hear hear a rubber thud because everybody's going to be dropping their iPhones and their iPads that are covered in in those nice vulcanized rubber cases because they're not going to want to look at Facebook anymore. They're not going to want to look at Twitter anymore. You know what? It's this whole thing, if that happens and it ends up being Tito, fuck, I think if it ends up being a player that's actually well known across the country, it's going to be like that episode of The Simpsons where Marge and and, and all the angry moms get itchy and scratchy, taken off the air, and all the kids essentially shut off the TVs and they go outside and they actually play out in the sunshine. It's going to be like that for society. We're going to put everything down. (laughs) We're gonna go outside and we're gonna accomplish shit. We're gonna be like the Japanese as a society. We're gonna get like so much shit done in like six months' time. Like the whole country. Like like we'll have will have rebuilt fucking bridges across the country. Never mind the new jobs program. We'll just get shit done that we've just been delaying. Because <laughs> America Everything will get fixed. Cause, right? Cause I mean, you know, you won't need you won't need anything. You won't need to do a. There won't need to be any stimulus packages. Nothing. Everybody will actually work the amount of hours that they have been scheduled to work and nobody will dick around on the Internet about anything because they'll be afraid to come across some fucking asshole's opinion on, <laughs> on, the gay, on the gay football player and blah, 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 and how does this happen. Nobody will listen to, to radio anymore or talk radio. CD uh, purchases will go through the roof. Uh Fucking iTunes is going to go through the roof. MP3 players will go through the roof because nobody's going to want to. Nobody's going to want to go to the gym and just plug in their little earbuds into the TV portion. They're not going to want to hear a goddamn thing. They're going to be listening to to, to their MP3. People are going to be pumping iron like mad. You know, it's it, it, I mean, this could be the, this could be a phenomenal dawn. People might start reading fucking books again. <laughs> I mean, I got a ton of, okay. I got a ton of fucking books I've been meaning to read. You know, I've got a shit. I've I got this have... wonderful book on Thomas Jefferson. I've been meaning to finish, and I haven't been able to finish it because I'm a lazy shit. And that's the way it is sometimes. Speaking so this would be perfect. This 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 could America could tr- this would truly be the thing that would put America back on top into the 21st century. And maybe we'll fucking go to Mars sooner than we expected. Who the fuck knows? People might be like, oh shit. I don't. I don't have to. I'm so fucking sick and tired of thinking about this day. Football player and hearing everybody's goddamn ridiculous opinion it. all
1: happened by October. And the
0: pros and cons and all this shit. Meanwhile, I'm just going to figure out how we can get people on Mars for a manned mission, and then boom, we're beating the Chinese to Mars, American dominance in the 21st century, and instead of, build, and instead of celebrating the first fucking astronaut, American astronaut, mind you, to set foot on Mars, we're going to build the fucking statue of the gay football player because he will have been the guy... That would be the impetus to this whole fucking revolution. This will be
1: phenomenal. I'm looking forward to it. I don't know. I'm just scared of the ESPN coverage. But, all right, I guess we should wrap this up with some actual thoughts on the Saints. Andrew, um, if we have a podcast next week, I I held off having a, for anyone that's like, oh my God, they didn't have a podcast last week. I held off on it because it seemed like the Saints, Namdi Asama was close to signing. And Victor Butler was maybe close to signing. And as Andrew always jokes, we do this podcast, and then like 15 minutes later, the Saints do something, and the podcast, 90% of it becomes totally irrelevant because we talked about the Saints not signing Player X, and they just did. So we're waiting on it. But, Andrew, if I gave you $100 and I said go to Vegas and put $100 on the next acquisition that the Saints are going to do that's going to make real news what would that be
2: well first of all uh, while Kevin was ranting I was watching the Hornets game and Sean Payton came on an interview with Jennifer Hale during a you know team timeout or something so I there there was a little bit of a on-court interview there and uh, she asked him about players being picked up and he did bring up Tracy Porter, and he said, you know, that's a guy we know we're real comfortable with. He's from here. Um, he's got great history with the team. So he was talking up just now, Tracy Porter, really, really big time. And he said, I think we're going to find out. We're, we're, we're going to figure things out with that really soon. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of got a sense from that interview that he was talking Tracy Porter up big time and that, uh, you know, maybe a week from now, 10 days, uh, we'll know something. That, that was a vibe I got from that interview just now. Um, I, I am going to go out on a limb here and say that I feel like this is still part of the plan to angle and put pressure on Namdi Asimov. And I think that Rob Ryan is playing pocket pool at the idea of bringing Asimov back, back to his scheme and his defense, which is where he performed his best. And so um, I know the Saints are jockeying him really hard. They don't want him to go to San Fran. And I. I I'm going to say that they're using Tracy Porter as a ploy to, um, to kind of jump, jump on off someone have, to help him make a decision. So I am going to say in the next 10 days, uh, that's my prediction, or, or maybe by the time we do this podcast next, that non be will sign with the Saints and we'll see Tracy Porter go to the Raiders. That's my prediction.
1: I like that because we need some fun during the day on Twitter. It needs to happen like about two thirty in the afternoon, so you can just blow off the rest of the day, and uh, we can just tweet back and forth. And, well,
2: now, now, now that I said that, in the next seventeen minutes, Tracy Porter will sign. Oh,
1: Tracy, Tracy Porter and Namby Awesome There's like a there's a fifty percent chance they'll be signed right as I upload the podcast to Podbean. <laughs> right. So uh, on that and, note, and,
2: and the gay play, and the gay player will come out.
1: <laughs> Probably. And then and then you could and then you could and then you can tweet a podcast up in smoke again. <laughs> so for Dave Carriello who had to bail, uh for Kevin Held who occasionally writes a power rankings. Kevin, get off your ass and do an off season power rankings of something, goddammit.
3: I, I will,
0: I will I'll fucking do that. I'll fucking do that. Meanwhile, I am the man of ten thousand tweets. I should you, be getting oh, introduced. I, I am the man of ten. I, I should be getting introduced like this. This should be part of my online resume. Uh, I, the, the legend grows, and yes, I will fucking come up with some power shit. I got shit.
1: off my ass and did a draft. A, a draft for Dave of the Raiders. At least you can do a, a power after, ranking. You know? Yeah. It was funny. I, it, the, I, it concerns me though that people are like, he didn't make a good pick. He didn't make it. I was like, it's the ghost of Al Davis people. It was four it was 500 words of just complete silliness. You didn't expect me to make a serious rational pick, did you? But apparently they do. People in Canal Chronicles, they take their mock draft pretty damn seriously.
2: But it wasn't you, Ralph. It was the ghost of Al, Al Davis. How could he make a good pick? He wouldn't How could he make a good pick?
1: He wouldn't I, there, If there would have been a f- the thing is, if I, I did I didn't do enough research. If there would have been I thought about picking uh, Tehran Matthew. Because he likes to smoke the dope and has uh, some problems with the law. But that just would have completely blown up the draft. I couldn't find a player that was like in the top 20 that had serious legal issues. Unless you count Manti Teo's fake girlfriend as like a legal issue. Um, But yeah, a criminal or somebody that runs a 4-3, Al Davis loves it. But anyway, for Andrew Juge of the Saints Nation, go there people. Read his stuff. He's awesome. Kevin from from Akeem drops the ball and Canal Street Chronicles. When he feels like writing stuff, it's damn good as well. I'm Ralph Malbro. Rankings, dude, make it happen. Exactly. So for, for for everybody, I'm Ralph Marlboro. Until next time, people, be safe.